Welcome to our new micro podcast series, where authors answer four questions provided by the Journal of Neurophysiology's Editor-in-Chief, Professor Nino Ramirez. Hi, I'm Jamie Jones, your host, and I hope you enjoy this new series. Sit back, relax, and take a listen. Hello, I'm Aiko Thompson from the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston, South Carolina. In this micro podcast, my postdoc Alan Phipps and I would like to talk about a recent study, altered cuneus reflexes to non-noxious stimuli in the triceps salary of people with chronic incomplete spinal cord injury. For most of us, reflexes are not something you would think often because reflexes are reflexes, involuntary responses to some sort of stimuli. But in our daily life, Multiple reflexes are often working together in coordination so that we can move smoothly, so that we can take steps without thinking too much, for example. So we don't know exactly how, but the general understanding of our field is that such coordination and regulation of reflexes require brain to spinal cord descending connections. And therefore, when somebody sustains spinal cord injury, stroke, or brain injury, those important regulation and modulation of reflexes become abnormal and impair movement control. So, in a lab, the Barbara S. Christie Evoked Potential Operant Conditioning Lab, we study how different reflexes function during different movements in people with and without spinal cord injury and other neurological disorders. In this recent study, Alan focused on characterizing the cutaneous reflexes to non-painful stimulation of the distal skin area of the leg in people with chronic spinal cord injury. Because these cutaneous reflexes can be inhibitory or excitatory depending on the task, phase of movement, and location stimulated, and yet how they work or how they are changed after spinal cord injury are not well known. So Alan, take it from here. Hi, I'm Alan Phipps. I'm a postdoc in Iko Thompson's lab. I study spinal reflexes and have afferent input help shape movement in people with and without spinal cord injury. I have a particular interest in cutaneous reflexes that arise from stimulation of nerves that innervate the skin area of the foot. As Iko already mentioned, cutaneous reflexes can be inhibitory or excitatory and in individuals without neurological injuries, their modulation exhibits task dependency with nerve specificity. We wanted to know if these patterns of modulation were preserved in the triceps array cutaneous reflexes in ambulatory individuals with chronic spinal cord injury. To do this, we separately elicited cutaneous reflexes by stimulating three different nerves to innervate distinct areas of the foot. We stimulated the superficial peroneal nerve that covers the top of the foot, the sural nerve that covers the lateral aspect of the foot, and the distal tibial nerve that covers the medial aspect of the foot and the sole, and measured responses in the triceps array, which consists of the soleus, medial gastroc, and lateral gastroc. It is important to note that the reflex eliciting stimulation was set to be non-noxious to study the non-nociceptive afferent pathways, not the flexor withdrawal reflex to painful stimuli. 
Cutaneous reflexes were elicited during two tasks, standing and walking at a self-selected comfortable speed in individuals with chronic incomplete spinal cord injury and age-matched healthy controls. Reflexes from the triceps array were compared between standing and the early stance phase of walking. We chose these two tasks because the triceps array are active during both, often to a similar extent. Reflexes were examined in two latency components, short latency response and medium latency response, occurring between 50 and 80 milliseconds and 80 and 120 milliseconds post-stimulus onset, respectively. Both short and medium latency responses are spinally medi mediated, with the latter potentially influenced by supraspinal input. We found that in the group of non-injured individuals, the soleus short latency response was task-dependently modulated with nerve specificity. For example, soleus reflex to superficial peroneal nerve stimulation is excitatory during standing and inhibitory during early stance phase of walking. In the same muscle, the soleus, during standing, stimulation of the top of the foot elicited an excitatory response, while stimulation of the lateral aspect of the foot elicited an inhibitory response. We also saw task-dependent modulation of the medial, medium latency soleus and medial gastroc responses. Overall, observations from the participants without injuries were that short and medium latency responses in the triceps array showed both excitation and inhibition depending on the task and the specific skin area stimulated. In contrast, participants with spinal cord injuries did not show task-dependent or skin area-specific modulation of the triceps array cutaneous reflexes at either short or medium latencies. Observationally, in the group with spinal cord injury, reflexes during walking were more suppressive than those during standing somewhat following the trends in the group without injuries. We also looked at the Hoffman reflex, or H-reflex, which is a partial electrical analog of the spinal stretch reflex in the triceps array to see if there is a relationship between the excitability of muscle spindle afferent reflex, i.e. the H-reflex, and the cutaneous reflexes. We did not find any relationship between the H-reflex and the short or medium latency cutaneous reflex responses and any of the triceps array muscles in either group of participants. This suggests the existence of potentially multiple parallel spinal pathways to process different afferent information, and there may not necessarily be cohesive mechanisms to regulate the excitability of multiple spinal pathways. The general implications from these findings are that cutaneous reflexes in individuals with chronic incomplete spinal cord injury were not normally modulated between task or with specificity to skin area stimulated. However, the reflexes were still present, albeit often small in amplitude. This is important because the reflexes are present, thus their pathways could be assessed as part of rehabilitation interventions in people after spinal cord injury. So what's next, right? Now, we know that cutaneous reflex pathways could be available in people with chronic spinal cord injury. We can think of taking advantage of their roles in motor function and their interactions with other sensory afferent processing in the spinal cord. 
to reduce sensory motor problems in people with spinal cord injury. For example, it may be possible to upregulate or uptrain an excitatory cutaneous reflex in the soleus to strengthen or augment the calf muscle activity during standing or walking. Or it may also be possible to upregulate an excitatory or inhibitory cutaneous reflex to boost the non-pain information processing to counter the often heightened processing of pain information in the spinal cord in people with neuropathic pain. Like I said earlier, because reflexes are reflexes, they function in our daily life without our conscious effort. So if we can change their behavior in a beneficial way through operant conditioning approach or other neurobehavioral training, it could potentially have a lasting impact on sensory motor functions in people with spinal cord injury and other neurological disorders. We are most certainly excited about these possibilities for the future. Thank you for listening. This podcast was brought to you by the Journal of Neurophysiology and produced by me, Jamie Jones. If you would like to hear our latest episodes, please visit the Journal of Neurophysiology's homepage.